0: This is Retails, Conversations with Profit Protection, the podcast that talks direct with retailers about all things loss prevention. With your host, Nicole Smith. Did you know that the Profit Protection Future Forum is the only not-for-profit industry body promoting the interests of retail loss prevention professionals in Australia and New Zealand?
1: there and welcome to the show. Today I'm joined by Michael Hume, National Loss Prevention Manager at Farmers New Zealand and Glenn Forrester, Loss Prevention Manager at Foodstuff South Island in New Zealand and one of our PPFF committee members. Welcome to the podcast guys and thanks for joining me today. Thanks Nicole. So in 2020, retail New Zealand estimated that the cost of retail crime to the country is sitting around um, a billion dollars New Zealand. And a couple of major concerns is that criminals are becoming increasingly organized, brazen and violent. And I think we've seen that um, across the world in the last uh, 18 months or so with COVID. Uh, Nobody wants to see retail employees or customers put at risk by criminal behavior. And unfortunately we did see a terror attack in a supermarket in Auckland last week. Uh, Michael and Glenn are both on the ground in New Zealand from completely different vertical markets. So, I'm t- keen to get your perspectives on what's happening in loss prevention in New Zealand. So, I just wanted to start with the attack in Auckland last week. Glenn, coming from supermarkets, um, what impact does that have on you and, and, and your teams on the ground who at times are going to be first responders when an incident like this occurs? How How is everyone and what's sort of the feeling in New Zealand at the moment?
2: Yeah, it's um, it's a good question, Nicole. So um, def- definitely has an impact. Um, we've been pretty fortunate um, that it, that it hasn't happen- happened in our supermarket um, as yet, but it's not to say that we're not planning for it. And um, just going on the last one pre- prior to that that happened down in Dunedin. Um, yeah, I, I got in touch with the with the local. Uh, local um, stores that we have down there, and a lot of the staff, especially the younger staff, were were quite frightened. Um, so it's about providing them with reassurances, um, looking at what we're we're offering for them in terms of training and support, um, and then just sort of reassuring them that we've uh, we've got their back um, and that we are looking at things um, to to help them in this fight against abuse and aggression. And I think if you if you look at both those incidents, they are isolated, um, mm-hmm. but the and and. Aside from that, we are seeing the increase in abuse and aggression. So, um, it's those reassurances we can give them that we're looking at, we're dealing with it, and um, helping them cope as best as we can.
1: I imagine that this type of event, event does put people on edge for a couple of weeks, at least a couple of weeks. How long just does it take to get back to some sort of normality for the team? I guess, I mean, it's always going to be, or for at least a little while, going to be at the forefront of people's minds.
2: E yeah, it's, it's heightened, um, and especially because on, you know, we're seeing a form of abuse or aggression every day in some of our supermarkets. Well, one of our busiest supermarkets here in Christchurch, they confided to me that they would have upwards of a dozen, um, what they'd call, you know, medium to serious incident per day. So every time something like that's happening, um, it's it's taking them. Well, well how far is this go? How's it going to escalate? Um, so yeah, it is. It's a, it's a daily occurrence that they're dealing with with abuse and aggression. Um, but like I said. Uh, those two incidents are, were isolated, mm-hmm. um, but it has put them on edge, and um, and it shows that you know it can happen here in, in little old New Zealand. We can't sort of bury our heads in the sand and say it's going to happen elsewhere. So we need to be need to be prepared, um, yeah. and we need to be uh, looking. I don't think it's solely you know something that I can look at from a foodstuff perspective. I think it's something that we've got to address um, with with others in the industry, and then you know with um, you know with the lights of the police and, and further afield. You know with the, with their MPs and through Parliament. You know, how we can address this issue um, sort of at a, at a national level.
1: Mm. Um, Michael, tell me what you're seeing with retail crime in New Zealand at the moment. You're, you're based in the uh, North Island in Auckland. So yep. what do you see despite being in lockdown?
3: <laughs> oh, look, I guess um, what, when we are trading, I guess we're very similar to um, the supermarkets and that we are seeing uh, more aggression. But I'm not sure whether that's... We're seeing more aggression in the numbers, or we're now communicating so so well between um, retailers and ourselves uh, with the use of platforms like Aura that we actually know, we know about them. Right, mm-hmm. so um, it can be a little bit trickier, I guess, in, in a franchised environment, but certainly in a corporate environment, we know of pretty much every incident that occurs, uh, and we've got to, you know processes around that. So. Look, I don't think the nature of the crime has changed. Uh, I think there are some um, more desperate individuals. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, we've, got, we've adopted a strategy that's around prevention. So we're, we're seeing more financial gain from that um, than, than, I guess, the apprehension model. So um, we're pretty confident that what we're doing is financially better for the business and safer for our teams.
1: So, Michael, are you seeing anything with regards to organised retail crime? Have you noticed, obviously, within you know g- coming in and out of lockdown and uh, in different parts of the country, that that obviously when stores are, are locked down, the organised retail crime goes down. So, are mm. you seeing um, are you seeing as you start to open up, do you see that escalate?
3: Yeah, I think I think organised retail crime's is um, probably a bit a bit of a prestigious kind of a um labeled to give what we have in New Zealand, which is predominantly a group of friends who steal some stuff and sell it on Facebook um, I, you know, and it depends what what retail environment you're in, I guess in, in nature and the nature of the products that you sell. So if you've got really high risk products then then you'll probably see more Oic uh, than than others. Um, but predominantly in New Zealand, I mean if you're selling tobacco, alcohol, uh, those types of products, then, then you'd be very aware of the the risk around them, um, from from a farmer's point of view our risk is around clothing, uh, fragrance, small appliance, uh, and health and beauty products. So it's not as high risk as uh, some of the other retailers. So we do we do see some organised crime, um, but uh, but to, to label it like a, a, a mob mentality or a gang mentality might be a bit of a far reach, uh, <laughs> but it still has the same effect financially. So, um, you know, with, with social media and the ability to sell things online, even in a lockdown, um, you do have to take it seriously.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Glenn. What about in supermarkets? Are you seeing um, organised retail crime coming back into supermarkets, or are you, yeah. do you have restricted numbers in in stores?
2: Yeah, yes, yeah, we we do have restricted numbers, and and I think I just sort of I'd echo what Michael said there. You know it's organised in the the way that they they know what they're wanting to steal and the ability to offload. Um, so there is that, and especially around that, that high-risk product. So for us, it's, you know, tobacco, um, alcohol and meat, especially, um, there's a, the demand for it. Um, so where, that, where there's a demand for that product, um, then obviously we're going to have those offenders that, that look to target it. So um, I wouldn't say they are probably as sophisticated as I've seen elsewhere around around the globe, um, but it's definitely those um Those types of fences that we need to keep an eye on and and put measures in place to to target them, um, because they are responsible for for a great deal of loss um, across our supermarkets.
1: As far as tobacco goes, is that um, people jumping the counter? Is your tobacco across the counter, or how how is that?
2: Yeah, so, so our risk for tobacco is more um, burglary or, or armed hold-up. So okay. um, while we have the bigger supermarkets, we also have the, the smaller uh, convenience stores, dairies, and liquor stores. Um, so it's the break-in after hours um, or coming in with a you know, worst-case scenario with, with a weapon and demanding it. Um, And and you see those, you know, the the demand for the tobacco's number one product that's taken from us in in, in that manner, Um, and that's because there is that significant black market demand. Um, We've got offenders that come in committing a burglary, they've got a mobile phone that's got a list of the product they want. Um, and then it's offloaded to the middleman within a couple of hours of them committing the crime. Um, and just recently, um, you know, we knew of offenders that were traveling around and they were breaking into four or five stores a night um tailing tobacco. So um so we have put some, you know, some measures in place to um to mitigate that risk. And and thankfully for us, our, our burglary numbers um and armed hold up numbers have declined, um, but still never present risk, you know, as long as we've got tobacco out there. Um, but we are monitoring now, we are seeing the uh, we're supposed to be tobacco free, what, 2020 25, I think they're trying to go for. Um, so some of our burglaries now, they're going for the for the vape product. Um, so again, so it's just another product that there's demand for. So the risk, so we need how to look at how we're going to mitigate the risk in terms of that.
1: So, sorry. So in 2025, you won't be able to buy cigarettes in New Zealand. No tobacco. <laughs> Is
2: that right? That's, that's the aim. <laughs> wow. Mm.
1: Gosh, I'm surprised. Don't like free New Zealand. Don't governments make a lot of money off <laughs> the sale of tobacco?
3: I'm sure they tax something else.
1: <laughs> 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 uh, 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 Michael, so what's going on? You're, you guys are in lockdown at the moment. South Island's restrictions are, are getting better, I shall say. What are you going to? Level two, Glenn? Did you say?
2: Level two tonight, but not tonight, tonight.
1: Fantastic. Auckland's still in lockdown, unfortunately, like Melbourne and Sydney. Um, what is what is your role? What is loss Prevention's role in um, wh- when the your stores are in lockdown?
3: Are you drifting that to me or? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um- uh, well, first and foremost, we secure the site. So we remotely monitor um, the status of, of the buildings so we know if somebody's going in or, or there's been a break in or whatever. So all that stuff stays the same, but we we monitor it a lot closer. Um you know, every retailer is different. You may decide to, to block up your windows um, so that you can't see the product inside. You'll lock away more things. Uh, and the jewellery side of businesses, they'll lock things away in the safe and have less on display. Um, I guess the main thing for us is we're in contact with our team. So we're quite fortunate to have about 100 LP team. Um, so they're, my regional team keep in contact with them, making sure they're okay, that they're, they're clear on what's going on and, and what the expectation is when they come back into work. Um, outside of, you know, tracking on with uh, the team's meetings that happen and, um, you know, making sure we're ready in compliance. Things like, you know, pricing's right, we're, we're in the right season, we've got the right promotional deals going, all those types of things that, that keep sales coming in and, uh, you know, making sure we're compliant with legislation.
1: Do you still have um, teams in the stores working, um, getting the store ready to open up or doing uh, online orders or anything like that?
3: So, we run a dark side, so that's been running in our DC uh, the whole time. So, Mm -hmm. for essential items, Um, we can only have people in stores um, at certain levels. So, at level four, we don't. Um, So, you know, it is quite a a scary proposition for loss prevention because no one's in stores and and we don't know what's going on outside of the, the remote connectivity to CCTV, which you know, in reality, you can't do um, all the time or watch every camera all the time. Um, so, yeah, once we get to a point uh, like tomorrow where we can actually trade, we have had people in prior to that getting ready because, we, you know, there's a lot, a lot of work to do in stores to get compliant and to get set up for trade, you know.
1: So what, what is loss prevention's role in helping the store get ready to open up tomorrow?
3: Oh, my team jump in and do anything. So <laughs> uh, obviously they'll jump in and help out, but they're also at the same time looking that, you know, we've got the appropriate protections in place. You know, we're tagging the right products. Uh, we're doing things that we would normally have in terms of security, that our team's ready to rock and roll and that they understand what the um, uh, potential implications of coming out of lockdown could be. Uh, so we're always a, a little, you know, wary of the big people coming in looking for a big score because they haven't obviously had any income uh, for a little bit of time mm-hmm. um so it's those things but they they'll jump in and they'll they'll do receiving they'll do stocking they'll do anything that um helps out the store
1: fantastic yeah. glenn what about uh, uh your stores are obviously being open the, the, and trading the whole time during uh lockdown what is is there any change in the function of loss prevention during this time
2: No, not really. So we're fortunate. We have been able to trade like we did last time. And um, so the two key drivers for us, well, the number one is we want to make sure that we've got food on the shelves and we're able to able to feed the community. Um, But then also we want to create that safe, safe shopping environment. Mm -hmm. Um, So the the primary focus is around that. Um, so a lot of our loss prevention, um, like Michael, they're helping out wherever they can across the store. Um, But they're also focusing on, um, you know, the COVID restrictions and what we need to do at that front door Um, in terms of, you know, managing queues, uh, the the signing and now the wearing of masks and all that sort of thing. So it's not so much compliance, it's um, uh, sorry, not so much enforcing, it's just sort of around a compliance piece. Um, so, look, it's look. We we got there. The rules have stayed pretty much the same since last time, um, which is great. So, I mean, when we had it last year, we were writing the the rule book as we went, and mm. um, this time the rule book, rule books there with just a few tweaks. So, um, so it's keeping an eye on that, and then also just looking. Providing reassurance to the their frontline staff. Um, You know they're doing a hell of a job at the moment, and they're doing it tough. Um, It's challenging for them, Um, and just making sure that they are all coping as well. So keeping an eye out for each other, um, on top of the 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 normal loss prevention functions that they're required to undertake. Yeah,
1: absolutely, Michael. Did you guys have a uh, a rule book for a pandemic or some sort of disaster like this?
3: we, we didn't exactly have a rule book. The um, uh, first lockdowns we went into in 2020, and I think everybody was kind of you know, rummaging around for what we should do and what we shouldn't do. So I think, um, and I said this before in a couple of uh, forums, we take our hats off to the supermarket players because they basically wrote the rule book for all of us. So whilst, you know, uh, farmers was closed, supermarkets were trading, we learned a lot off them. So uh, taking my hat off to those guys for, you know, being um, so quick with their response uh, to process change, they did a great job and, and um, we learned a lot from them. So, um, you know, I hold them in very high regard for that.
1: Mm, absolutely. I think uh, everyone had to, and I hate to use this term, but everyone had to pivot in some way, shape or form. Um, And I think retail has done quite an incredible job at a global level at how they've done that because, it's you know, we had some retailers here that did not have an online platform and suddenly they've gone from trading to the next day or, you know, within hours having to close and then literally within days developing and getting an online platform up and running, which to their credit is, you know, those sorts of things normally take time. So, speaking of online, in particular for you, Michael, given that your stores are, have been locked down, do you, have you seen or are you involved in any knock-on effect of online fraud over the last eighteen months?
3: Uh, well, no, our online fraud is is very small. Like I say, we won uh, only the one dark side. So. Um, we We still have Bob on a job, so to speak, So we still have somebody who overlooks all those transactions mm-hmm. uh, and has has uh, very good visibility on on any problem products uh, or transactions. So we haven't seen an uplift as such, but we we came from a very small base. Um, so we are talking in the thousands, not the tens of thousands, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to I guess other retailers that um, may rely on technology to do that for them. So you know we're very lucky the person who does it's very um intuitive. So, not an increase, although you would have thought there would be more attempts. Um, yeah. We're certainly not seeing those transpire into actual loss.
1: Do you think, even after you open up, that that may increase?
3: I think it's always going to increase. I think um, uh, online fraud will continue to grow uh, because more and more people learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, it's cops and robbers sort of stuff. You know, you, they get a, they get a little bit more technolo- technologically advanced, so we have to do something on the back end that that catches up with that. So I think it's always going to be a bit of cat and mouse, a bit of cops and robbers. You know, um, so yeah, I, I think at this stage, the way that that farmers look at it is um, uh, with with having a person look over it instead of technology is mm-hmm. probably putting us in good stead.
1: Okay, and does. Do you get involved in that online fraud part or is that completely outside of the loss prevention?
3: Uh, no, it's, out, it's not outside. So um, it is held by a different function, um, but whenever there's a, a follow-up required, so wherever there is um, a significant loss, we will get involved and obviously push that through and hope for prosecution. So, you know, that's that's where we pick it up.
1: And, Glenn, I think last time we spoke with you, you guys didn't have an online platform.
2: No, we've um, we have gone live so we've finally launched one uh, probably a few weeks just before we went into lockdown so oh, okay. um, so it's a pilot that we've uh, running here in Canterbury so we've got um, three stores in North Canterbury that are um, from a supermarket piece are offering uh, online sales. So for us, it's we're very, very much in the early stages, the infancy, um, and and we're probably more like what Michael is. Um, We haven't um, seriously invested in technology in that space as yet. Just gonna watch these pilots and and the outcomes from those. Um, So it's very much a a manual process and a rules-based process um, in terms of monitoring that. Um, But looking at what happens elsewhere and as uh, as it continues to grow, um, it'll be quite interesting to see how it evolves across um, our supermarkets.
1: So how many are involved in the, apart from the three stores, how many on the back end are involved in, in checking orders?
2: Oh, look, there's a team at each at each market. Um, okay. So they have a dedicated online team um, and then there's a support base um, basically our head office that are also uh, looking at it and, and guiding them through as well, so.
1: So is this something that you think will roll out across either South Island or both islands? Oh, look, so
2: I can speak for the South Island. 100%. Yep. It'll, it'll roll out. Um, look, we were, we missed out last time in the last lockdown, but it showed that there is a, there is a need there for it. Um, whereas our foodstuffs North Island, um, they've had online shopping for a number of years where it's worked successfully for them. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Um, we've just been, been halted a bit at the moment in terms of that rollout, but it will continue.
3: Fantastic. I guess, sorry, Nicole. Just to yeah, jump yeah. on the on the online stuff, um, we learned pretty early on that uh, the more work you do on the front foot. Uh, the less you have to do with with online fraud, so we spend a lot of time verifying customer queries around you know the stock wasn't in the box, this wasn't there. So we we have a lot of technology that looks over these pick benches to be able to prove that the product was there. So that that mitigates a lot of the fraud that that comes through online, which is you know just somebody trying it on to say oh, I didn't get that Chanel number one, it wasn't yep. in the box, you know. I'm yep. um, hoping that their corporates are too busy to actually check. So we have very strong processes around that and it's verified by the loss prevention team. So um, that, that puts us in good stead from people understanding that we're not an easy touch.
1: What about with uh, things like card not present fraud?
3: Yeah, You're so that's the stuff that's the stuff that um, the, the Bob and a job picks up okay um, so it is still card not present so you still have to be careful the biggest thing there is chargeback so the card was present but then it's later been told to be stolen and then the bank does a charge back and there's nothing you can do about it
1: mm. uh, are you getting any problems with uh, the old porch piracy porch
3: piracy <laughs> as, as in the courier delivers it and somebody else takes it yeah. Um, not that I've heard. Um, I think in New Zealand, that's uh, more done at the letterbox for gift cards and things like that. Uh, but not so much courier deliveries that are done to a door. I think that's um, that's that's real brazen, uh, depending on the the type of uh, dwelling. So no, we haven't seen a lot of it. And uh, I guess that would be on the courier anyway. So.
1: Hey Michael, yeah. haven't you seen the YouTube videos in the US? Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> I've, I've seen what they do when they when they set them up. So. Um, Oh, yeah yeah they're quite quite interesting
1: <laughs> so I,
2: I read an article last week where there's been a couple of isolated incidents um of that occurring up in auckland so um yeah but but very isolated at this point in time but ah, it's, look,
1: it's bound to happen yeah. I, I mean if you and i can see it on youtube then the, the fraudsters can do it as well <laughs> yeah. i mean it's, it's so easy to find stuff like that unfortunately and it's uh it, it might be small now but you know who knows what it's going to be like in two, three, five years' time. Oh, so <laughs> what about, uh, Glenn, for you, coming out of um, level three restrictions down to level two, what does that mean for your loss prevention team?
2: Yeah, so so the slight change for us, the, the new rules um, that have been put in, um, are really around um, sort of the, the mask wearings, but we've had mask wearing in level three, but it's um, it's still going to be there for level two. Um, we've got the uh, the queue managing. So uh, we're allowed, um, you know, a certain number of people at any given time. Um, and then the sign-in process um, that uh, around um, QR scanning and, and uh, mandatory, oh, sorry, not mandatory, but um, manually filling in your name and what have you. So for our LP functions, um, there'll be a bit of an oversight onto that. Um, and, and how that all plays out and how that all works. But in, in reality, they're looking at the changes, there isn't much. Um, and to, we'll still be functioning pretty much as we were in level two and, uh, sorry, in level three and level four. So, um, yeah, the, the roles don't really change and, and um, what we're expecting uh, our staff to do.
1: Okay. And Michael, um, apart from, you know, maybe having some people come in that, previously uh would like to steal things in your stores and that haven't had the opportunity is there anything else that you need to look out for you know whether that be internal fraud or anything like that or sorry internal theft i should say um is there anything now that you know as you start to open up your stores that you have to or you and your team have to look out for
3: I don't think the internal stuff changes. So there's there's always going to be that element. Uh, what is stretching us now is all the other compliance stuff that Glenn just spoke of. So, and it's not just that, it's, you know, do we want our teams to be doing apprehensions? No, we don't because we're social distancing. So um, it's about being very clear about what we want our teams to do. Uh, and it brings the prevention strategy well forward. So it's not just the LP team, but the rest of the management team, the rest of the team on the floor. Um, doing the right things from a sales perspective that'll, that'll make this job easier. Um, you know, you can't stretch your people too much further and, and expect there not to be a corresponding loss. So, you know, everybody's got to pitch in. Yep.
1: Okay. And do you think, um, and I'm not 100% of what you're, do you still have government payouts for people or payments for people that yes, aren't working? Yes. Okay. So do you think that as those payments start to uh, leave... And do you think that theft will go up?
3: No, look, we didn't see it on the last um, lockdowns. We haven't we haven't seen that translate into uh, into more loss. So, look, if we went on previous behaviour, I'd have to say I'm not expecting it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say we won't be prepared for it.
1: Yeah, I think um, last year we were all because our payments were due to stop in September. I think it was last year. They got extended to this year. But uh, we were all really sort of sitting there watching going, what on earth is going to happen? People have stopped getting government payments. And is this going to mean that retail is just going to be decimated by theft because those payments have stopped? And and luckily, I don't think it's been as bad as what we anticipated. I don't know. Is that probably now, fair to I, say? I would
2: agree with that, Nicole. Yeah, we, look, there was an element of crystal ball gazing last time. Um yeah. and, and thankfully, you know, the the economy probably didn't bottom out as much as everyone initially thought it would. And mm-hmm. I think that we saw that uh, filter across into retail in terms of the theft. Our, um, our theft numbers remain pretty consistent. So, um, and, you know, we, there was sort of those, those scary thoughts where we're anticipating where people going to have to steal necessity items or steal to survive. You know, it sounds pretty dramatic, but didn't see that filter through. Um, uh-huh. Um, you know, we saw some other things increase, but uh, I wouldn't say theft was one of them.
1: Yeah, and I think for us, the particularly like for supermarkets, the items that were high theft pre-COVID are still high theft mm-hmm. during or post-COVID. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, right. so that hasn't changed, which I was a little bit surprised at, I'll be honest. I thought mm. that may vary. Um, and I don't know, Michael, if that's been the same for you in department stores, the things that were
3: oh, yeah, high theft. Still the free, same, so- yeah. We, we didn't see any change whatsoever. Um, so all our top five categories remained exactly where they were positionally as well. So n- no change from that point of view.
1: Okay. Now, you guys, I find you guys really do have a quite a good, you're a tight-knit community over in New Zealand. I think I really feel like you collaborate really well together, um, also with other, with uh, people like police, New Zealand police and other um industries, how, who organises that and, and do you, I don't know, is that just my perception or do you find that that's like that too, Glenn?
2: Yeah, I think we do. I mean, we're sort of, we're small enough a country and there's small enough in this field that we've got that ability that we can just pick up the phone mm-hmm. um, and have a conversation. So, um, like I've got to know Michael over the last couple of years um, and I, I feel comfortable enough to be able to pick up the phone um, and thankfully he answers and that's the same with other, um, other managers in the same space. Um, you know, there's, there is only a few of us, um, you know, we do get together when we can, you know, a couple of times a year. We've all got the same issues, the same challenges um, and it's good. You you know, we take our respective hats off. We can leave them at the door, and we can have some open and frank discussions. Um, and I think that's great, especially you know, purely selfishly, where I come from, from a team of one. Um, you know, I don't have don't have all the answers, and to bounce ideas off and to see what other people are doing, um, I, I really appreciate that. Uh, and I think we I think we do that well. Um, and I know um, we talked about Aura early on, but Aura facilitate uh, some of those meetings that we have. Uh, Retail NZ facilitate it, um, and the police too. Um, you know, from time to time, they've been engaged as well and happy to come along and and sit down and talk with us as retailers. So, um, yeah, we're we're pretty good in that space at the moment.
1: And I think it's good that, you know, particularly you guys are in two very different vertical markets that uh, you are going to have similar type experiences or maybe not the same theft items, but how you can protect different items in your store or how you can, you know, this online piece, which inevitably probably will get bigger and bigger um, but you can pick up the phone and have a chat to someone and say well you know what are we going to do how are we going to do this how, uh, you know is there something that we can do to tackle this together which is good and I find in New Zealand that happens quite regularly compared to probably here I would say.
2: Also like um, in terms of it oh, was small enough it's it's you know we are different markets but it's the same offenders. Yeah. Um. So they're coming in. So they'll be look here in Christchurch. They'll be ripping off my stores, and they'll be going to Michael's stores and ripping off as well. Um. If it's not the same offenders, they'll be using the same vehicle, or they'll be um who they associate. So there there will be some connection, especially for that top ten to twenty percent of people that are causing the most loss for us. Mm -hmm. Um. There is they do um do overlap with each other.
1: Yeah, Michael. Do you find that the the collaboration piece is quite good in New Zealand from a North Island perspective?
3: Oh, north south, it doesn't matter. Um, we don't we don't kind of think of New Zealand as cut up into into separate islands. Um, uh, certainly, from a national point of view, I can ring up pretty much any of the the team and and any of the large retailers and have a conversation about what they're doing. And you know, very very similar to this morning, I've already spoken to most of the major retailers about knives. So, you know, we can all have that conversation and say, what do we think is right? And as an, as an industry, um, if we're all on the same page, then I guess, you know, that makes us a bit more compliant as well and, you know, balances uh, balances out the arguments or the, or the decision making process.
1: So when there is an incident like what happened on Friday with knives, mm-hmm. do you all get together and go, well, you know, how do we make it? harder for people to enter our store? Or if you are selling knives, how do we make it more difficult? Does it become a New Zealand problem as opposed to just a farmer's problem or just a um, foodstuffs problem?
3: Well, I guess you relate it back to we're employed by these companies, so we're initially going to be doing everything we can for them. Um, but we're not shy about sharing those ideas. And I think that's the difference. So do we get together? Uh, probably not. Um, but we do have those phone calls. We do have those emails to say, hey, what are you guys doing? What's your thoughts? Um, and where do you guys sit with us? Um, and, you know, just by having those conversations this morning, I know of another retailer that probably wasn't considering doing something. Now is. Um, so, you know, that's, I don't see that as a bad thing. I see that as protecting New Zealanders. So, um, you know, take away the competitive nature of our businesses. If it's doing the right thing socially, then it's the right thing overall. Then, then we're all
1: comfortable with that. Absolutely. Well, guys, we've reached the final countdown. Your last three questions, Glenn, I will start with you. What were the positives that came out of lockdown 2020 for you?
2: Okay, so last, you're talking about last year's one as opposed to the one. 2020, 2021. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All the they all just mix in. Well, look, I'll probably um it's the same thing. It comes back to um the the resilience that have been shown by our frontline staff. Um just incredibly, incredibly proud of them. You know, I'm, I'm working from home, um, but they're there, they turn up every day um, dealing with customers and, um, you know, and not the greatest environment sometimes, most of the time, you know, majority of the time it is, but you know, they're dealing with all sorts of issues. Um, they've got family at home, uh, possibly kids they've got a home school and, and the like. So um, they've just rolled up their sleeves yet again um, and been there and, um, you know, and, and done it for us. You know, they've continued to put the food on the on the shelves and it's been there for, um, you know, for the customers to be able to come in and purchase. Um, so, yeah, really incredibly proud of the, of the way they've pitched in and, and done what they need to do. Mm,
1: it is. It's uh, amazing. I, like, who would have thought that our supermarket workers would be classified as frontline workers, but they've done an incredible job.
2: Yeah.
1: Michael, what about you? What, what have been the positives that have come out of lockdown 2020, 2021 for you?
3: Um, I think the resilience was a big part that Glenn mentioned, but um, I guess from uh, coming from a company that wasn't trading as essential, um understanding you don't have to have all the answers and you can look around and, and, and uh, learn from other businesses uh, and that you don't always have to have the playbook either. Um, you can rely on your team being genuine retailers to do the right things anyway. Um, you don't have to write in the process. You don't have to dictate to the team what to do. They're smart enough to figure some things out themselves. Uh, all they need is, is, I guess, a sounding board. So, um, uh, you know, it, it showed us that we can be agile. We can adapt.
1: Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Glenn, what new talent did you acquire during lockdown?
2: Um, well, I've got a wee daughter and she's mad into into talent quests and performing at home. So um and she she loves her dancing. So she is currently teaching me a, a dance routine that I've got to perform for the rest of the family. So and that's where it'll stay. It won't go any further than that. No, 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 right? no, 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 no. No, yep. no, no. I think you've found def- your
3: subject for next week.
1: That's that right. is getting videoed. <laughs> Lucky
2: this is-, is a a pod an audio podcast. <laughs> so um I haven't said that I'll uh, succeed at it, but that's something that um uh look, it's cool. Um <laughs> being able to spend time with with, with the kids and that, so um, that's something that I'm having a going to have a crack at for her and for, for her for her entertainment. <laughs>
1: uh, how old is she?
2: Uh, she's eleven.
1: Oh, is it? Is she going to get you on a TikTok as well?
2: No. Uh-uh. <laughs> Definitely not.
1: Come on.
2: I'll draw the line. There will be no technology in the room when it happens, I can tell you that. So.
1: Oh, come on. No, there definitely will be. And yeah. I think you, that you will be showing that to me and the PPFF committee. That's the, that's the next committee member. I'll put it in the minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, what about you? What new talent did you acquire in 2021?
3: Uh, um, talent-wise, I don't think I acquired a new talent. I did... I did um, pick up the guitar again, so kind of reacquired a uh, love for doing that because uh, typical Auckland weather, you can't get outside during lockdown sometimes, <laughs> uh, so you've got to find something to do inside. So uh, I picked the guitar up again and kind of re-enthused myself with that. So, oh,
1: that's fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic.
2: Where's and his performance, Nicole?
1: Yeah.
2: One-off. That's
3: okay.
1: No, 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 come on. I think you, you should send me a copy of that as well. <laughs> Um, and lastly, Glenn, if you can look into your crystal ball, what's the future of retail loss prevention in New Zealand? What does it look like?
2: Well, I think for me, my my number one priority uh, is uh, dealing with this abuse and aggression and violent crime that we're seeing in retail. Um, so I think we need to seriously look at that, um, how we're going to address that. I spoke early. I don't think it's just for us retailers to come up with a solution. I think it's a lot wider than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that that's where our focus is going to be and also uh, what role and what part technology will play in that. Um, so that probably the sort of the two key areas that um, post this lockdown and uh, or we are working on, um, but post yep. lockdown, I think they'll be accelerated.
1: Okay, perfect. And Michael, for you, the future of uh, loss prevention, retail loss prevention in New Zealand.
3: Yeah, I, I think um, to, to Glenn's point, effectively, what happens with loss prevention is we 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 find an issue, and then we search for uh, solutions to that. So whether that be a new product line, whether that be behaviours it'll just naturally progress as the issues arise. So um, for, for Glenn's issue, facial recognition, uh, facial rec technology can can assist how we use that, how we adopt it, um, how do we engage with the police on that and and, and the other retailers. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was a new product line, you know, what tools are in the in the toolbox for us to, to resolve those? And then it comes back, you know, to loss prevention being about not just um, external issues, but also internal. So process improvement, um, profit protection
1: stuff as well okay fantastic uh, Michael and Glenn thank you so much for your time today and uh, for giving me an update on what's going on in uh, across the ditches we say here in Australia <laughs> over in New Zealand um, I hope your lockdown ends soon Michael like us um, Glenn
2: yeah roll I'm on jealous, the roll I'm, the jealous. <laughs>
1: I'm jealous that's all I'm gonna say Um But we would like to see bricks and mortar stores open and uh, going back to training, uh, trading, sorry. And I also hope that we don't see another terror attack in retail anytime soon. And we do wish the people involved um, in that incident last week all the best for a speedy recovery, both mentally and physically. If you'd like to get in touch with Michael or Glenn, you can find them on LinkedIn, or you can email Michael at michael.hume at farmers.co.nz or glenn at glenn.forester at foodstuff-si.co.nz. And we'll put Michael and Glenn's contact details in the show notes. You can subscribe to this weekly podcast via iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And there's a link to download episodes and show notes on the PPFF website. This podcast is proudly brought to you by the Profit Protection Future Forum. It is written by myself, Nicole Smith, and produced by Nicholas Lowby. We will be back next week to keep talking all things profit protection.
0: Thanks for listening to Retail's Conversations with Profit Protection. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe via iTunes, Google Podcasts or Spotify. If you want to find out more about the Profit Protection Future Forum, head to profitprotection.co or find us on LinkedIn. Drop us a message on info at profitprotection.co with feedback on our show.